It's a big world out there, and you're just looking for a pat on the back or head. You run around the city, searching for a place to bark, working your tail off with your nose to the ground, sniffing for a few scraps, hoping someone will throw you a bone. You take each lead, collar after collar, hoping one day to take a bite out of success and become the top dog. Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of a TV set. You know you've got it good, really good, because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert, and award-winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Palaika, with my good friends, Petra Burke and Kate Abbott. Today we're talking about uh, the challenges and the joys of living with a disabled dog. Uh, One point Kate made just a few minutes ago as we were preparing for the show is that, for the most part, dogs are living longer today, or many dogs are living longer today. And as they get up there in age, just like with elderly people, they're going to develop some problems. Uh, They can have uh, cataracts or vision impairment, hearing impairment. I know my 13 and a half year old Aussie, Dax, has hearing impairment, some of which is selective hearing, but she does also (laughs) have some hearing impairment. Joint problems, arthritis, there's a variety of things. Plus, there are disabled dogs in the population just as they're disabled people. And living with one of those dogs, may require you to make some changes around your house or or how you do things. So we're going to take a look at that today. But first, before we get into this in any more detail, we need to take a break for our sponsors. So hold on, we'll be right back. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. session on Pet Life Radio with Teacher's Pet. Learn how to communicate with your pet, train your pet, and see the world from your pet's point of view. You may even learn a few tricks yourself. Teacher's Pet with pet expert and author Sarah Wilson. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Pets are part of the family, and when traveling with your dog, there's only one magazine to include when packing your doggy's duffel bag, and that's Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel, city and state reviews, and doggy destinations to explore with your furry companion. Fido Friendly magazine can be found at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, Pet Boutiques, and Fido Friendly hotels nationwide. Or you can go online to subscribe at www.fidofriendly.com. So get traveling with your pet today and leave no dog behind. And remember, Fido Friendly's the only magazine dedicated to the travel lifestyle of man's best friend and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. 
So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm Liz Palaika. With me today are Petra Burke and Kate Abbott from the Kindred Spirits Canine Education Center in, in Vista, <laughs> California. And today we're talking about uh, living with disabled dogs. Now, all three of us do have a disabled dog. We do. Uh, we do. Uh, my 13 and a half year old, as I said, Dax, is deaf, and my eight year old has severe hip dysplasia. So I'm dealing with two different disabilities. My Australian Shepherd Kona is blind, been blind for the last year. He's seven. Gina's, how old is she? Four, five? Five. I think we figured five. <laughs> five. Yeah. She has uh, spondylosis, uh, which is holes in the bones surrounding the spinal cord. And then because of that, there's bridging. There's bone where there shouldn't be bone, holes where there shouldn't be holes. And so it makes for back aches and limping and some pain. So dealing with a disabled dog, uh, there's pros and cons. Uh, I know w one of the, the pros about living with a disabled dog is you do feel good about helping the dog. Uh, without assistance, the dog might not be able to survive. A deaf dog could easily get lost, wander away, not hear you call him to come and get hit by a car. Disabled dogs uh, with back, elbow, hip, joint problems may need some medical assistance, may need some veterinary assistance. So that makes you feel good in that you're helping this dog live a better life. Well, the ones with uh, we see come through classes, the people that take on a blind or deaf dog is what we see the most. Or a three-legged dog, we've yeah. seen a few of those. And I mean, it's a challenge. It's hard initially, but I think the outcome itself, people are, have made a wonderful dog out of a dog that could have been destroyed, given to the Humane Society. Who knows? But they make wonderful pets, so they have a disability. We don't throw our elderly folks or, you know, our blind whomever out in the street. I mean, know? heck, I lose my glasses. I'm just about blind. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not always a permanent condition. When I was a teenager, one of our small dogs was playing with a larger dog and got injured with a slip disc, a herniated disc, and he was disabled for about a year. It took him to recover. He did eventually 98% recover, but during that time we had to make adjustments to living with him. Well, and, and that goes on to our second point. We do often need to make adjustments. Um, there, there can be some problems of living with a disabled dog. Uh, including the example I just gave a few minutes ago about a deaf dog. With a deaf dog, uh, my mom's Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, Rusty, is deaf, and we found out in his older puppyhood that he was born deaf. We just didn't know it at the time. Yeah. And uh, so... I would explain why her mom would keep getting frustrated. That's <laughs> it! You're not listening to me! Well, mom's not the best dog trainer anyway, so <laughs> so there's a little bit of fault on both sides there. But uh, she had to make the uh, make everyone in the family aware that they had to be careful with the front door, they had to be careful with the front gate, they had to be careful with the backyard gate, because if Rusty did get out, he wouldn't hear anybody calling for him. And even though he's not intentionally bad, he doesn't hear. So we do have to make some allowances for a disabled dog. 
Well, and the blind dog, pretty much the same way. Well, you, you can't move furniture in your house, <laughs> first of all. Learn that the hard way with Kona. Keep bumping into things. Um, if they bump into things, they can get injured on their face. No, cuts, poor Kona's face. <laughs> Initially, it was a rough start for him. Um, he can't run around and play with the other dogs. Running in, oh gosh, who could run into another dog? Running into fence, um, so, tripping a hole. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of times, a disabled dog needs a little bit more protection from us. You know, protection from the world from us. Yes. Back to Rusty uh, not being a bad dog. Mm -hmm. When one of my toy poodles, Stormy, was getting older and started going deaf, it took me a while to realize it. For a while there, I was just, gosh darn it, I said, come. Mm -hmm. You know, how come you're disobeying me now at the age of 14 or 15 when you used to do it? Well, Paul and I went through that with Dax, too. In fact, Paul still gets a little upset with her. Dax! Paul, she can't hear. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, I think we've all, I mean, I, I know with a cockapoo years ago, you know, as they get older, they get deaf. But I think what the advantage is we can uh, now help our students identify dogs that might have hearing impairments because of the experiences right. we went through. These dogs are so good at hiding a lot of their disabilities. Um, they don't sit around and fret about it. They just keep going. Mm -hmm. and, and figure... Uh, is a normal thing we don't test their hearing and we don't test their vision right kids that go to school get vision tests oh they can't see the blackboard that was my problem <laughs> um but we don't do that for a dog so unless the disability is very obvious we have a tendency not to see it or not to notice it and hearing defects are very common i know the dalmatian club of america uh on their national club website states that there are many, many, many hearing impaired Dalmatians. Uh, and the figure was just astronomical. Wow. Many that other- White factor yeah. kicking in. Many yeah. other breeds that have the white color genetics um, can have hearing impairments. Uh, for example, a, an Australian Shepherd that has white ears or white around the eyes without any markings on, around the eyes or the ears potentially has hearing and or vision defects because it goes along with that color genetics. And it's not just Aussies, uh, Shelties, Corgis, many other breeds can carry that same fault. So disabilities can be quite common. And, and if we look at hip dysplasia, how many thousands of dogs have hip dysplasia? Oh, geez, yeah. It's growing, numbers are growing. And it's not limited just to large breed dogs anymore. It's also, I mean, bulldogs mm -hmm. can have hip dysplasia. So it's, uh, it, it's really kind of scary. Well, let's go on and uh, talk about blind dogs specifically first, because uh, almost, oh, I won't say all, but a great many dogs, as they get older, will get cataracts or will lose their vision. And there are many dogs with eye defects that, if not blind, may be visually impaired. So what are some of the things we can do to help blind dogs? Well, one thing when it came to my dog, Kona, was about five and a half, we realized he was developing cataracts. I assumed it was just cataracts, surgery, can remove it, he'd be fine. But uh, when Liz and I went to the vet and got him checked out, he actually had uh, retinal atrophy, or PRA, as they call it. Plus and cataracts. Plus cataracts. And unfortunately, there isn't any uh, surgical cure for that. 
So he was going to lose his sight quickly, and he did. It's about a year and a half later now, and he's completely blind. Um, you look at him, it kind of looks funny, little white eyes because of the cataracts. And it was tough at the very beginning for a dog that could see, that was very active, that did agility, loved the ball, did everything, and then to go blind fairly quickly. He had um, a rough transition. Yeah, I think he was depressed there for a bit. But he's come through it, and um, he still demos for us. He still wants to work, and we now play ball with them and have the other dogs noisy bells or, or use noisy <laughs> balls yep so at least he still gets to have some fun but i did try to help hard. him through those first stages we had we got creative and innovative and sort of frankensteinish with all sorts of different collars with <laughs> feelers on the end and things that would help None of them really worked very well, though. <laughs> we, we we tried a variety of different things that we had seen on the Internet or had seen previously, but none of them really worked. It, probably the best was the bells on the other dogs. And verbal control. And verbal control. Thank goodness for his training, and he's, he's and, a very good boy. And that brings up a, a good point. Um, some of the commands that a blind dog should know, uh, or if your dog is beginning to lose his sight, well, our advantage was we did carding with Kona, so he knew to slow down, stop, left, right, hard right, easy right. I think to me and him, it was a saving grace that, you know, that transition to blind and knowing the commands, we just polished it up a little bit more. And both with my small poodle and with uh, Kona, you're all see, I've noticed, I noticed with both of them that um, our human inclination to go, <gasps> look out! Um, they actually learned that that was a command that meant wait. <laughs> you're <laughs> you're, in, bumped into something. you're in imminent danger. <laughs> Freeze, don't move. <laughs> but that was also coming on top of both of them being in the habit of listening to commands, of uh, being well-trained dogs in the first place, that we're in the habit of listening. So teaching them a new command that said, wait, you're going to bump into something. And, um, and trust. Let's add trust in there. Sure. Yes. The dogs trust us. And so when we tell them left or right or easy. Uh, the other thing I've noticed with Kona here at the training yard is he's gotten very good about triangulating on a voice. Yeah. And so rather than, we, we break one of our cardinal rules with Kona. Usually when we call dogs to come, it's sweetie pie come and then you praise him, but you don't repeat the command. But with Kona, we have a tendency to continue a line of chatter so that he can focus in on the voice and follow it in. And it's so exciting when he does because he'll follow the voice, he'll veer to the right and left a little bit, which in herding is called wearing. Mm -hmm. And then you, you can see when he's got the voice and then he comes straight on in and he gets all excited and happy it's and he so talks happy. and he wiggles his butt. <laughs> now I found you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and for a while there, I, mean, I think it's getting a little bit better, the echolocating. Yes. yes. That he yes. came across, just developed on his own. And that again, when he first started doing it, it was like, Kona, be quiet. You never yeah. were a barker before. What's going on with you? Yeah. Until we figured out he was using that bark to sound out what was around him. Yeah. 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 And perhaps draw the other dogs in too to help him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a smart boy. Another command I think that's that's very important that we were I just talked about as far as uh, breaking our rules and calling him, but the dog must have an excellent come. Yes. Yes. Because I think for a blind dog that's very important. He doesn't see the dangers out there. Exactly. 
I can think of a couple of times too using a an emergency drop was helpful for Albert, um, especially hiking. Or I my backyard has hills and steps. Boy, and yeah. pools. <laughs> it was like, it was like <laughs> stop and drop <laughs> down. Your yard is not made for a disabled no. dog. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Saving grace for him was that he was small enough to pick up, and uh, we kept him on a leash a lot. Ah, that was my next point, is mm -hmm. use the leash, mm -hmm. especially if you're outside of a fenced-in area. Uh, you keep that dog safe. Blind dog around a pool, too. I wanted to be able to pull him out quickly. <laughs> sure, yeah. Keep him safe. Yeah, well, you had another story about Albert, too, and one of your cats. We had um, two cats at the time, but one of them was quite taken with Albert and Albert with the cat. They would groom each other and, and lay together. Once we realized that Albert had was going blind and went blind, the cat also realized it. And interestingly enough, became his seeing eye cat. So as Albert would walk around the house, you would find his buddy, the cat, right at his shoulder. When it came time to the end of the hallway and he had to make a turn, cat was right there pushing on that shoulder, helping him make the turn. If somebody forgot and moved some furniture, left a chair pulled out, the cat would block him. Um, so he had You don't think of time. cats being that considerate of mm -hmm. the... I mean, I have cats and absolutely love cats, but you don't think of cats being that considerate to a housemate. I can think of a couple of my cats would go, Yo, he ran into the couch. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Do it again. Steer him the wrong direction. <laughs> On purpose. Oh, Cena <laughs> would. Cena. The cupboard's over here. Come on. Zonk. Yeah. Ha. He got the cupboard. Well, I guess he got some karma back in his life, Albert did, because when he was a... But he, he didn't deserve it when he was a puppy. An older poodle that I'd had when Albert was a puppy also went blind at the, about the age of 17 or 18. And Albert used to take great delight in jumping up on something and waiting for Anton. Anton was a little guy. He was ugly. Oh, wait. But anyway, he was a guy. And That's another story, huh? <laughs> and he wasn't very nice to Albert. He would wait for Anton to walk by, and Anton, being blind, couldn't see Albert above him, and he, Albert would lean over and go, bark! Oh, jeez. Right in Anton's ear, setting him into a fit of barking. Oh. And I swear that poodle would sit back and grin. That's that's <laughs> that that's was, bad. That was bad. That's bad. But then Anton wasn't very nice to Albert. So. <laughs> All right. Well, we need to take a break real quick for our sponsors, uh, but don't go anywhere. When we get back, we'll talk about deaf dogs, and we'll talk some more about mobility impaired dogs. So hold on, and we'll be right back. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, Four to be exact. Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart. Every week on demand from PetLifeRadio.com. 
Pets are part of the family, and when traveling with your dog, there's only one magazine to include when packing your doggy's duffel bag, and that's Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel, city and state reviews, and doggy destinations to explore with your furry companion. Fido Friendly magazine can be found at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, Pet Boutiques, and Fido Friendly hotels nationwide. Or you can go online to subscribe at www.fidofriendly.com. So get traveling with your pet today and leave no dog behind. And remember, Fido Friendly's the only magazine dedicated to the travel lifestyle of man's best friend and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back. I'm your host for It's a Doggy Dog World. Uh, with me today are Petra Burke and Kate Abbott. And today we're talking about disabled dogs. We just spent a few minutes talking about some of the challenges of living with a blind dog and some of the things we can do to help them. Uh, but let's talk about deaf dogs. Uh, first of all, my mom's deaf cavalier. What I did to help her is I got her one of the electronic collars that vibrates. And then uh, using a leash and a handful of really, really good stinky treats, hot dogs, I think, <laughs> We taught Rusty that when he felt the vibrating collar, he was to find mom. He was to look for her, his vision's good, look for her and wait for a hand signal. Now, Rusty is not the genetic best of cavaliers. Aww, close and, your ears, Rusty. And he's not very bright. <laughs> but then again, my mom's not the best dog trainer either. But we did teach him to to do this. And if he knew nothing else, this this probably has saved his life. So she has a little remote that she can put around her neck or in her pocket. And when he feels that buzz, he's to look for her. And then she's taught him a hand signal to come, a wide sweeping uh, hand signal from out to the side to the front of her. And he will do that. And if he does nothing else, that'll be enough to save his life someday. It's more than some uh, hearing dogs. Yeah, well, do. that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we've got one that we see pretty regularly, that uh, Sterling Cattle Dog. Right. That's uh, deaf. And thank goodness she started as a puppy. And we told her the challenges with a deaf dog. But and she's, she's had some. And she's she, had a lot. She's had, uh, this yes. is, her dog is very, very bright. And as an Australian cattle dog, a touch bit stubborn and a yeah. touch bit independent. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> and as a young dog, it was very hard for her to keep his attention on her. Yeah, she worked She worked hard on that one. But now it's incredible what he she has him doing. So even some off-leash work. Yeah, so they stuck it out, yeah. and uh, he's really good now with hand signals. So. Mm -hmm. so what are some other things people should uh, uh, keep in mind when living with a deaf dog? Uh, our house was nice when um, my female poodle went deaf with old age uh, because it's hollow underneath. It's not on a, uh, a slab. slab. 
And so, uh, good vibrations. Yes. When I needed stomp. to get her attention, <laughs> good stomp on the floor was like a vibrating collar for her. She turned around and looked to see who was trying to get her attention. And we've recommended that to uh, training class students that have come in, especially those with kids. Yes. Because a deaf dog who's sleeping, if a kid startles him, the potential is there for the dog to snap. Mm-hmm. Even a very, very good dog, if he's sleeping soundly and he can't hear anyone approach, he could snap. Uh, so if the house is conducive to it, have people stomp a couple times as they walk up to the dog. Mm-hmm. And some dogs, you're losing their hearing or their, or their sight, their other senses get more keen. And even clapping nearby or something, they'll disrupt the air. Haven't you recommended flashlights? Yes. Flashlights, especially when to come get their attention. A lot of people, I want my dog to run around. Well, of course they can, but how do you get him to come? Right. Well, that's a good question. Flashlight. It's a visual. Uh, The Poodles did a lot of following of my roommate, Virginia, and um, we realized at one time it's because she has a signature cologne. Oh, oh, yes, she does. She wears perfume. Yes. So the dogs could find her in the house much easier than they could Mm me. Ah. Well, that's nice of you to take showers (laughs) regularly. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I know with Dax, with an older dog who's losing hearing versus a dog who's born deaf, hopefully they've already had training. And you can convert some of their existing training. So Dax was a very, very well-trained dog in her youth. So as she aged and we saw that she was learning her hearing, we just brought back some of the hand signals that she had already known previously, including the come and the lay down and the sit. As an old dog who thinks she's smarter than most of us, uh, she doesn't always... We know she definitely thinks she's smarter than Liz. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think she thinks she's smarter than most of the human race. But, uh, and potentially she may be. <laughs> but, so she doesn't always obey those hand signals, but she sees them and she knows what they mean. And for the most part, she's a good girl. I think that's where we actually, um, I guess they get away easy as our dogs are trained prior to them getting their disabilities. Mm-hmm. But to start off, we had the um, lab mix that came through that was born blind. Oh, that had no eyes. It had no eyes. So we've got a silly, putty, wiggly, active lab puppy <laughs> who can't see. Mm-hmm. And I still remember graduation night when he went over the obstacle course. Yeah. He had a great guided. time yeah. and yeah. agility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which sounds funny for a blind dog or actually a dog without even, even any mm-hmm. eyes, but he had a wonderful time. Of course, for him, he, he knew no different. He did. That's the way life is. Yes. And so the difference there compared to Kona, who lost his sight as an adult and knew what he was losing. Mm hmm makes a big difference Mm -hmm. and they were great they started with him with our classes young uh they didn't baby him but they gave him a lot of support yes and And going over the agility course one family member on each side of each obstacle and hey let's go for it yeah and he was recognizing their voices he knew who was who the hardest part was walking with his tail wagging all the time because he was (laughs) such a happy boy (laughs) and walking did you ever notice when he walked he walked, he really stretched out his front legs. So mm-hmm. if there was something in front of him, he'd touch it with his toes yes. and you to stop. Yeah. So again, something he had developed. He had figured out yeah. on his own. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully that won't lead to shoulder problems later in life. But, yeah. but even so, even if it does, it's 
allowing him to cope. That's his his paws are his white cane. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I think with animals with a disability like that, people don't give up on him. This family didn't. They did a great job with him. And well, in fact, they wouldn't... adopted him knowing of his disability. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about uh, uh, dogs with a mobility impairment. Uh, this could be elbow dysplasia, hip dysplasia, back uh, problems, shoulder problems, arthritis, uh, three-legged dogs. There's a lot of physical problems that can slow dogs down, sometimes just a little bit, but that may need help from us. Well, I know that your Riker doesn't even understand that he has hip dysplasia. No, 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 uh, he doesn't. No, the, his veterinarian showed me his x-rays and uh, said if he hadn't seen Riker walk into the office, he'd assume that dog wasn't walking. Which, of course, make me feel like a very guilty dog mom. But uh, you couldn't know it from looking at Riker. Just the other day, he was running full out around the field, jumping oh, yeah. up and down off the benches. You yep. never yep. guessed it. But you're doing yeah. something smart now that you know that this is um, a problem for him. You've um, already gotten the cart. I got one of the uh, two-wheeled uh, doggy wheelchair carts and uh, gradually introducing him to it. It's a little big for the house, but my primary goal with it is so that he can continue to go for walks and he can come out here to the training yard to run and play when his hips can no longer support him, uh, perhaps to give him a little bit longer quality of life. And the first time we put him in that wheelchair cart, he was not impressed. <laughs> he was totally disgusted. <laughs> I don't need this, Mom. This is not fun. I don't like this. I think he even went over backwards a couple times. And Riker, the happy boy who puts up with everything, became a mule. Oh boy, he's yeah, got a stubborn did. streak. So the next time I tried it, we had a bunch of people coming to the training yard and as everyone came in, I told them to give him a cookie. He's a food hound. <laughs> and to make a big fuss over him. And I could see his attitude change within about five or ten minutes. Whoa, everybody thinks I'm cool. Mm -hmm. I'm special to have this wheelchair. And ever since then, he's been much uh, more amiable to it. He still doesn't care for it. He doesn't think he needs it yet. And he doesn't right now, but he will eventually. So the wheelchair cards are, are an idea, especially for those dogs with uh, uh, neurological problems of the back, the hips or the back legs or severe hip dysplasia. I have a ramp in the back of my truck um, because I had a previous Rottweiler that had bone cancer and uh, my current Roddy has spondylosis. So a ramp in the back of the truck allows them to more easily get in and out uh, where the camper shell is in the bed and saves my back from mm -hmm. having to lift. Ramps in the house are a good idea too if you have stairs or if you allow your dog on the bed or on the furniture so that he isn't jumping up and down, especially if uh, that causes pain or is going to make the problem worse. Yeah, I built, besides okay. back or hips, um, Katie, her little Jack Russell, had uh, knee surgery. Now, the oh, other knee right. is bad, and he won't jump. Right. So he sits there and le had learned how to ask to be picked up, to sure. be put on the couch or on the, on the bed. Sure. I had actually built a ramp for the poodles, both uh, the blind one, to get to be able to get up on the bed. I was worried about jumping and missing and all that, so I taught him to use the ramp. It turned out to be great for my Roddy and still used by my current Roddy. Sure, mm -hmm. sure. I think one of the things that owners need to uh, keep in mind when 
they're sharing their home with a disabled dog is that the dogs don't sit there and mope and go, oh, poor me, as people have a tendency to do. Mm-hmm. I think it's important that we help them, we support them, we give them motivation to continue to live in as active a life as they can, but we shouldn't uh, console them and 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 tell them in that voice, oh, I'm so sorry, you poor baby because that could potentially make the dog depressed. Mm-hmm. I like to tell people, don't burden them with your own sympathy. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, All the ones up. that we've seen, I mean, besides our own dogs and our student dogs with disabilities, they're happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, capture that, go for it. <laughs> You know, enjoy it. Make it ha- Actually, we can learn a lot from our dogs. <laughs> we, we really could. <laughs> we really could. I think the biggest thing, though, is to remember is, is caution with kids. Yeah. Um, some kids just, you know, I've got a daughter, and I've seen some of her friend, well, so-called friend acquaintances. Some could be mean. If they know a dog is blind, some can be mean and purposely set the dog up to get injured. Or if they're deaf, purposely sneak up. Oh, watch this. No, well, that um, kid wouldn't stay in my house very long. But. No, no. It wasn't in my house either. Um, but just to teach the kids what a disability is and how to deal with to it. Deal. Yep, yep. Some yeah, of the disabilities, like genus spondylosis, come with pain. Mm-hmm. So a dog in pain is more likely to be crabby. I, I am too when I'm in pain. Oh, yeah. Um, others can just be startlement. Yep. Sure. And and your vet may have your dog on a treatment plan too, and it's important to follow that. Or if the dog is not responding, talk to your veterinarian. Uh, let your veterinarian be your partner in your dog's health and help make your dog more comfortable if he's in pain, if he needs something like this. Yes. Well, that's it for this show. Uh, that went by quickly. I would suggest uh, if you have a disabled dog, take a look at your house, take a look at your yard, uh, the problems that your dog has, and then see what you can do to make life better for the two of you. Keep safety in mind, and remember, uh, as Petra said, we can learn a lot from our dogs. They handle their disabilities much better than we do for the most part. So thanks again for listening. We'll have a new show next week. And in closing, I'm Liz Palaika, your host. I'm Petra. I'm Kate. And we'll talk to you next week. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.